Dialogos Radio's Commentary of the Week. Each week, Michael Navradagis provides views and opinions on issues pertaining to Greece and to the worldwide Greek community. Coming up next, here on Dialogos Radio. For this week's special election commentary, I'd like to start with a couple of stories which tie into the recent election results in Greece and a crisis of the past six years. My personal interest in politics and economics began during the 1990s, when I first discovered authors such as Greg Pallast, whom we heard on our program today. Reading their books, I learned all about entities such as the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, and how their involvement in countries in Latin America, Asia, and Africa led those countries to financial ruin and poverty. I read and learned all about how austerity and privatizations were imposed on countries such as Argentina and Tanzania and Indonesia and the dire impact of these policies on these countries' economies and more importantly for ordinary people in those countries. I would not have ever believed that the same thing could happen in Greece, but it did in May of 2010. And knowing what the IMF had done in every other country it had gotten involved in, I knew what was to come in Greece. Salary and pension reductions, crippling poverty and unemployment, mass privatizations and sell-offs, and a total stripping away of social services and labor rights. When I said these things in 2010, I was considered crazy by some for not supporting those who were said to be bailing out Greece. It didn't take long, however, for my fears to be proven correct. Let's go now to the year 2008. Hope and change was in the air in the United States, and I experienced it firsthand during the electoral campaign for Barack Obama and after his election as well. Hope and change that I mistrusted and did not expect to actually materialize, and once again, I was the bad guy, but once again, actions, not words, proved my fears correct. Prior to the 2012 elections in Greece, there were many who argued that Greece's democratic left, or the MAD, would be a credible left-wing alternative to austerity. I sensed otherwise, predicting that the party would support the memorandum and the Troika's policies. Those fears were proven correct after the elections of 2012. The same is true of New Democracy's pre-election promises in 2012, which promised a rolling back of austerity policies and new measures to help the ordinary Greek citizen. I sensed it was a lie, and political reality after the elections once again confirmed my doubts. For those who are now claiming that Greece has elected its first leftist government in modern history, I'd like to remind them of a simple fact. Greece once again lived through a period of so-called hope and change in 1981, when a brash young Andreas Papandreou was elected in a landslide, promising a Greek departure from the European Union and NATO. Time magazine featured Papandreou on its cover after the elections, accompanied by the headline Greece Swings Left. This leftward shift, however, never materialized, and his government and party became infamous for their cronyism and corruption. Now we are once again living hope and change, and my simple and perhaps silly question is, how many times do we have to fall into the same hope and change trap? The global media was absolutely hyperbolic in its coverage of Syriza's victory, with talk that the Greek people slapped the Troika in the face with their vote, and talk about Greece's crazy radical leftists, that Greece elected the new Che Guevara, or that Alexis Tsipras, the new prime minister, is the European version of Uruguay famous president of the poor. Prominent leftists such as Noam Chomsky and Naomi Klein have spoken in absolutely glowing terms about the victory of the so-called radical left in Greece. But what is so radical about Greece's new radical leftist government? Already, Syriza has adopted the rhetoric of the Troika, the European Union, and the outgoing Greek government regarding the perils that will surely befall Greece if it dares to leave the Eurozone. 
We've heard Greece's new defense minister, Panos Kamenos, say that Greece will not question the European Union's Dublin II regulation, which has absolutely burdened Greece by forcing Greece to process literally millions of applications for asylum from undocumented migrants fleeing the Middle East and other conflict-torn regions and entering the European Union through Greece. Greek national hero Manodis Glezos, a member of the European Parliament with Syriza, had claimed prior to the elections that if Syriza was elected on the basis of the 50-seat bonus afforded the winner of the Greek elections, that Syriza would call new elections. Syriza has since backed away from such statements, having tasted the sweet taste of power. Economist Kostas Lapavitsas, who we have interviewed in the past on our program and who was elected as a member of parliament with Syriza, has backed away from his anti-euro rhetoric and his recent radical economic proposal and now supports Syriza's so-called moderate Keynesianism. A new finance minister and prominent economist Yanis Varoufakis stated that the Eurozone is like Hotel California. You can check out any time, but you can never leave. Varoufakis, it should be mentioned, has recently and repeatedly stated that a potential Greek exit from the Eurozone would not even be placed on the table, not even as a negotiation tactic. And this is the same Varoufakis whose book presentation in Athens about a week ago was emceed by right-wing television personality Babis Papadimitriou, who became infamous in 2013 for suggesting that the new democracy government should not discount a future coalition with a serious golden dawn, Greece's far-right party. In media statements made on Wednesday, Varoufakis repeated a long-debunked myth used to discredit lazy Greeks, that Greece had the highest per capita ownership of Porsche Cayennes in the world, and he has repeatedly stated the lie that the so-called bailout of Greece has cost European taxpayers dearly, when in fact Germany and many of the other countries have profited quite handsomely from the interest they have gained alone from the loans that they have given to Greece. Just what exactly will it take for people to understand that the European Union, and in particular the Euro, are not good for Greece? As we heard Greg Pallast share with us today, the Euro was founded to foster crisis, to strip countries of their control over their own fiscal and monetary policy, and even their national budgets. It is a currency where austerity is quite literally built into the system, with European Union regulations preventing a country from maintaining a deficit exceeding 3% of GDP, and with Greek GDP having declined by over 25% in the past six years, this means that many of Syriza's promises simply cannot be delivered, and that instead we will see more austerity. In Alexis Tsipras's victory speech on Sunday night, he made many mentions of safeguarding Europe's future, but far less mention of looking out for Greece's future. He also made sure to mention that Greece would not violate the European Union's diktat, the deficits shall not surpass 3%. Nothing was mentioned about prosecuting those Greek politicians who led the country into its dire state, about forming a committee to audit Greece's debt, or to investigate claims that Greece's economic statistics were manipulated to look worse, to provide an excuse to drag the country under IMF and European oversight. And nothing was mentioned about the fact that if Greece's debt was calculated according to internationally accepted public administration accounting standards, the debt would be 18% of GDP, not 175%. Yes, Syriza has said and done some good things so far, and they deserve credit for this at least. From symbolic gestures such as removing the metal fencing from around Constitution Square in Athens, to pledging to stop the privatizations of Greece's harbors and airports, and to rehire unconstitutionally laid-off public employees, and also to restore the minimum wage to the pre-crisis level of 751 euros per month, these are measures that are necessary and helpful and obvious. But they are small potatoes compared to the main issues at hand, and the many issues for which Syriza has backed off from or not taken a position. And in a Eurozone where austerity is likely to continue, who can guarantee that all of these 
promises will be followed through upon, or that the rolled-back austerity measures won't be restored yet again at some future point. The truth of the matter is that most people who voted for Syriza voted as a protest against the previous mainstream ruling political class. This means that Syriza could fall from grace as quickly as it ascended to power. Ultimately, words are cheap, and actions speak louder than words. And as the saying goes, a half-truth is much worse than a whole lie, because it makes it even harder to tell the difference between the two.